We are all worthy, strong, and committed, and we are ready to go beyond our own limitations. Welcome back, my friends and loved ones, to the Rebel Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Thor, of course, and I'm here as a friend, a creator, a powerlifter, and a provocateur. And we are here to learn to question the one thing that keeps us from our best, ourselves. Join me as we dive deep to question and strengthen our communication and our vulnerability, create a healthier mind to commit to our goals, and how to give more to our lovers and the world. We're going to face the uncomfortable truths of what it means to be authentically and uniquely flawed, but awesome humans. So, let's get rebel-minded. Also, I'll bring in stories of all things powerlifting, Thor shenanigans, and probably some embarrassing mishaps. Let's do this. Anna Olsen is a child-free coach helping women break free of the stigma surrounding that choice to be child-free. She wants every woman to live the life that she truly wants, and not the life she was conditioned to want. So, um, but I want everybody out there to know on the RMP who you are, and um, I very much want them to know how big of a fucking smile you have, but I don't really know. <laughs> they, don't, they don't get to see that. Uh, just so you know, guys, Anna has a fantastically massive, beautiful smile. Um, thank you. <laughs> so, to, so to start, so to start off, Anna, I want everybody to know where you come from, um, and what your experiences have been, and then what that kind of eventually fed, how that eventually fed into this position that you have. Um, not necessarily saying that any of your past events prove you know, what child treat is. And then we'll actually get into the discussion of what child treat is and um, kind of go from there. Awesome. Cool. Um, well, thank you so much for having me on. I am so excited to have this conversation and to be, yeah, here with you. So thank you. Um, yeah. So a little bit about me. I grew up um, and still live in the Midwest. I'm in Iowa um, and grew up the youngest of five kids. Uh, raised in a very religious household, um, Catholic. I went to first through eighth grade Catholic school and attended mass every opportunity. There was a mass basically. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I think, and I lost another part of my childhood was, and I think that maybe this played into it some too, is I lost my dad when I was nine, mm. um, suddenly in an accident. And um, I think then in my twenties kind of had another like life-shaking event with my marriage. And then, and all of this fed into me sort of looking at my life and like, who am I and yeah. how, um, how am I showing up? Um, and just feeling really invisible and, um, which led me to life coaching. So, um, I had to really go deep within myself and my healing journey and figure out why I felt so, um, like life was sort of happening to me and I knew that there was more. And I knew that, like, I just felt like there was more to life and that it didn't have to be that way, but I didn't know how to get out of where I was. And yeah. So I think, um, looking back, I can see that, or I came to realize that losing my dad, I coped with that by becoming 
invisible, being the nice girl, doing what was mm-hmm. expected of me, not not wanting attention, quite honestly, and also just not making problems for anyone. So I became a people pleaser and a conflict avoider. And I mean, maybe those things were already inherent in me, but that really brought them out. Um, yeah. What I mean, was it kind of like you I, I, being a kid? It's 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 more I think the intention can be more pure of like, oh, I don't want to be in trouble, but yeah. almost like you purposely became a ghost so that you're not a hassle to to your family, maybe. Right. Yeah. Cause mm. it just seemed like, I just rem- look back at that time and everyone was struggling. Obviously we just yeah. lost our dad. My mom lost her husband. Um, he was the main, you know, kind of the typical family dynamic where he was the main breadwinner. So mm. my mom, um, had been a stay at home mom and then had to go back to school and just like, it just felt like everyone, was trying to survive in their own way. And so I didn't want to add to anyone's plate. And also, um, one of my sisters and I were talking recently and, you know, she could relate on some levels of just not wanting to have attention on our pain. Like, I think that also fed in, like we, we didn't know how to handle that pain. And so it was just easier to stay quiet and not talk about it. Um, or yeah. Anyways. So yeah. And I think, you know, I didn't notice this until I saw, um, some video footage of me as an eight-year-old before my dad died. And I was like, I, I was, it was a person I didn't recognize. I was very like, uh, talkative and chatty and kind of mm-hmm. stealing the camera and just completely the opposite of how I've spent the last 24 years of my life. Um, so I think seeing that actually kind of helped me realize how much that, that loss had impacted me and kind of, um, started this pattern in my life of being behind the scenes as my comfort zone. Um, did so, okay. Before we get too carried away, um, I do want everybody to know, uh, Anna did say that she is a coach and that her coaching angle is quite interesting um and it's based around this idea correct uh around child-free living uh child-free lifestyle you know doing things without the um what's the best word here but like the pressure the societal pressure to need kids to be a part of your life and that be you know the same goal as everybody else um can you explain that to everybody like what that's about how you define child-free living and and how that ties into your own life and, you know, the the effects of that. Yeah. So child-free living is the choice not to have kids. Basically. Um, there is also the child less who are those who due to maybe fertility struggles or circumstance Mm. cannot have kids or have not had kids, uh, and circumstance being like, maybe they just, they wanted kids, but they never found a partner to have kids with. So, um, and I was quick to learn the distinction when I started talking about, and I just started talking about myself choosing to be child-free this spring Mm -hmm. and sort of pivoting my life coaching. I've been coaching for a year and pivoting to working with child-free, um, at that point because of what was happening in my own life and just feeling that, um, some of the frustrations around that, but 
what I was trying to say here was that I, my first post was saying, let's normalize the choice to be childless. And I was, Mm -hmm. it was quickly pointed out that that was not the same as child free. (laughs) And that was not what I was talking about. So I was learning, uh, very quickly, even myself, the distinctions, um, good way to get that mistake, like out of there quick. (laughs) Yeah. First post, here we go. Um, but no, and I was thankful to have that pointed out to me. And so since then I've done a little more like research and diving into things and understanding more, but yeah, so that's the difference between child free and childless in a nutshell. Um, and this spring when I started posting it and pivoting my coaching was because I had made the choice in my own life, uh, concretely to be child-free. And it was sort of this, I think a really gradual progression. Like, um, I've been married now for eight years and it was always something I think my husband and I both thought we'd get around to one day, um, and just never did. And for me personally, and I think for him on some level too, The climate crisis always stalled me. Like, Mm -hmm. how can I imagine bringing a life into this world that is so uncertain? And with every passing year, there's just, I just feel like we fall farther and farther behind on making like substantial change to really Mm -hmm. make the future better to a point where I would be comfortable bringing a life into this world. So I think that stalled us. And we kept putting it off, or at least I did. And, um, but also I think we just also didn't really have the desire. Like our life has been fine the way it is. Like we weren't seeking to change it or shake it up or it also, it also felt like, uh, we don't have, we're not financially where we want to be to have that, to bring a child into this world yet. So anyways, this spring, it all kind of came to a head and I realized, you know what? I've never wanted kids and making the decision helped me realize it even more. And Mm -hmm. looking back at my life, I realized I always wanted to want kids. I wanted to check that life box. I wanted to fit in with society. I wanted to keep up with my friends who were becoming parents and be able to relate on that, but to actually, but it was never about kids. Like I never pictured myself as a mom. I never wanted that. And I didn't realize I realized all of this in hindsight after making the choice. Um, And so what was happening this spring that kind of all brought it to a head was I was just starting to get a lot of those comments like, oh, but you'd be such a good mom. And even from people that I, yeah, (laughs) that I, I'd had conversations, they would directly asked me. So, you know, they'd noticed we hadn't had kids and they'd asked like, are you planning to? And you know, we had great conversations around it. Um, and they seemed to understand, but yet if I was holding a baby, then I'd get those comments like, Oh, but you'd be, isn't this fun? Don't you want one? Smile. Like, like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, yeah, I was just, I was just starting to get frustrated. And also, like I said earlier, kind of being the people pleaser and the conflict avoider, I didn't know how to, set those boundaries or, or say things in a response, because I think I was still in a reactive place and I couldn't, I didn't have the language to respond in a healthy way. So I just didn't say anything. Um, and then, in and then I got thinking, I'm like, I can't be the only one I was looking at my, I know that one of my sisters and I, and I'm think I said, I'm the youngest of five. I have 
three older sisters and one older brother. And my oldest sister is the only one with kids. And my one sister and I are the only ones who really openly discuss that we both don't want kids yeah. um, and have had that conversation. But I got I was like, OK, I'm one of five and only one of us has kids. And again, I don't know if that's childless or child free for the other mm-hmm. siblings. Um, I haven't, haven't really had the discussion yet. Haven't really had the discussion. Um, but then I also got looking at like people that I know, and there are a lot of people that I know that don't have kids. And again, yeah. haven't had those direct discussions because, um, you know, just as much as I am someone who kind of gets annoyed with the question, Oh, when are you going to have kids? Yeah. You know, I don't always know that it's, there are, I think there's a lot of work to be done in this area of knowing if it's appropriate, I th- you know, like to have these conversations yeah. um, and societally, it's a, new, it's, it's a pretty big new territory. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't necessarily had these direct conversations, but I just got thinking, I'm like, I don't think I'm the only one who's doing this by choice. Like, yeah. Yeah. Can't be. Right? So. Right. <laughs> so then I, I started posting. And at the time I didn't have, I didn't know, I didn't follow anyone on social media that was child-free. I didn't see any of this content out there. Um, but it just opened up this whole world to me. And I'm not the first one to be posting about this. There are some very well-established accounts that have been posting about being child-free for a long time. And it's been so cool to connect with so many people online um, that are also doing this. So it confirmed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually when I started posting, I was like, I'm just going to test this out. Like I didn't, I wasn't committed to, to completely pivoting, but I thought it seemed, it just, I just had a gut feeling that this was something yeah. to start talking about. So I did. And it's just been amazing in the last four months, how many people have, I've just been so honored to hear people's stories, um, have gotten a lot of messages and a lot of people saying, I thought I was the only one. I'm so grateful to find this community. And it's just driven home for me that this does need to be talked about because people do feel isolated. Um, yeah. Well, it, it does seem like for, for whatever reason, um, we, we stay quiet, um, because we, we assume, what we know is true or what, what, what we've learned is true. Right. Mm. And, and we also like have a hard time seeing outside our own limitations, even if that's some sort of life choice. And it seems, I mean, it honestly seems like after I had talked to you about it the first time that there's such more, so much more of a, of a relatability factor here. And it's, it's almost something that like you were saying, people are reluctant to talk about because it's just built into our biology, even to just to procreate, to carry on the genes, like to, to, you know, to, for us to survive, but we're 8 billion people now. And there's so many things going on with the world. And sometimes I think that we, we have to turn away from like what things have been in order to introduce new ideas, even if that means, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, we're probably America's probably not going to get as crazy as China and be like, Hey, you want to get one, right? you know, and, right. and it has to be a male or I don't know, whatever. Um, or wait, maybe that's that movie. <laughs> uh, <it sounds laughs> a little, if it's not a male, that's, um, 
not not that's not what I was going for. Um, but when when you first put that out there, how did people respond? I mean, there had to have been good and bad, probably, or but it was pretty high yeah, impact. It was. Um, yeah. To this day, I've never actually had a post do as well as that first one. Um, yeah. And it was it, it means far, something, though. Yeah. Yeah. So and, you know, the majority has been really positive uh, responses. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's the, you know, I will get people who maybe, you know, I am vocal about being pro-choice. And so I'll get people who are pro-life kind of mm-hmm. saying things. Um, and, but yeah, I think that I have been really fortunate to not get too much backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, so it's been really well received and I have been just kind of blown away um, and really grateful to be able to connect with all these people who are also pursuing this life path instead of maybe the traditional life path. Yeah. Well, and that's what I mean too. It's like people we're, we're so hidden sometimes because we're afraid we're going to be exiled for our thoughts. Right. Like, yeah. and, and the, the life choices we make. Um, and this is something that you're, I haven't, super openly discuss this but i'm i'm pretty much on the same page as you and your husband i've i've got friends um i have a couple like they decided when they got together they're not having kids you know they're having dogs you know i've heard (laughs) i've heard rumors of like a dog ranch which is fantastic idea that's awesome yeah um and and they're not having kids and then you know i just started being friends a few years ago with with this other guy and he's got a fiance fiance and they just recently decided they're not having kids you know, and so I don't know if it's it's like an energy um, that you pull in or if it's it's coincidence. Maybe it's, you know, today's situations. Right. Um, but I, I guess the reason I bring it up is um, you've been married, you said, for eight years, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, so was it just assumed by you guys? Like, when did you start actually feeling what, like this was like not a thing, like kids was just going to be a thing? And and what it what is the plan since that decision is being made like what's your lifestyle supposed to be because i want people to maybe have something to relate to as far as um well if the world's always told me to have kids like what am you know what am i rejecting or or what am i how am i supposed to live or so what's your guys's kind of idea around that yeah absolutely and thanks for bringing that up um i think we very much just assumed we'd have kids because that's what you do and so we didn't really, I mean, we didn't even really discuss that. Like, And maybe mm-hmm. that's not normal. Maybe that's more us. We just, I don't know. We just got married and bought a house and just sort of checked those boxes and both assumed that kids would be the one that we'd do eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember having a conversation about it when I was probably 25 and my best friend from college was pregnant with her first. And then I felt that panic, like, oh my gosh, we've like, we've hit so many milestones pretty close together. This feels like the next one. And, and I sort of was like, Grant, should we try? And he's like, uh, no, <laughs> uh, and I, no, no, we should not. <laughs> and I'm so glad that he wasn't ready. And I, yeah. I think, but I honestly don't know that we even, I don't remember what our conversation was aside from that. And so we weren't ready at that time, just kind of went back to living our life. And then Mm -hmm. 
um, yeah, so maybe we're not the role model, you know, <laughs> couple, uh, yeah. clearly just, uh, weren't very, um, communicative about these big choices. Yeah. Um, and then this spring when I started talking about it, you know, I, I very much believe that although our, <laughs> we're a couple, but it's a very personal choice and I made it for myself. Um, and I don't want to be pregnant. I don't want to have a kid. I don't want to go through any of that. Um, and so brutal. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) I praise women all the time. Like the pain you guys go through. I can't, I I get sick and I turn into a baby. Yeah. (laughs) A cold. Oh God. (laughs) I'm dying. Right. Can't go to the gym for like four days. Yeah. I mean, it totally messes with your routine. So Mm -hmm. to have, (laughs) and I'm a big routine person. So, um, yeah, so I definitely am the one who made the decision for myself though, you know, obviously I'm in a relationship and I want to make this work if possible. Mm -hmm. Um, so it has just become something we touch base on. He is more on the fence. Um, he's not a definite, no, he's not a definite. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just something that I'm very conscious of, especially now that I have a platform where I speak about it a lot. I don't want to create a dynamic in our relationship where he doesn't feel like he can, you know, if he were to change his mind and decide that kids were became a non-negotiable for him. I want him to have that room to to share that in our relationship and just Mm -hmm. um, make sure that we touch base on it here and there. But but that said, um, me having made the choice and he is I would I don't know if if I get the sense he's probably like 80 20 80 percent child free 20 percent maybe it'd mm-hmm. be fun to be a dad um so but now that it's something that we talk about quite frequently actually um we've started dreaming about um living abroad and actually he brought it up the other day on a walk. And it was just, I was like, yes, (laughs) that is the life that I want. Um, so, you know, I work for myself. I, and he, um, he doesn't, but after, well, the pandemic's not over, but you know, I think that has created such a shift in how workplaces are thinking and operating. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he actually has had the discussion that maybe, you know, put it out there that maybe we go abroad for six months and is mm-hmm. starting to, we're starting to think about that. Um, you know, we're in the middle of fixing up our house, but that has become a goal of ours and something that we're going to build our life to strive for, to just, um, spend our life creating moments that are really meaningful to us. And mm-hmm. travel is one of those things. Um, and because we have made this choice and we have the flexibility and obviously it comes with a little more financial resources because we're not putting them into childcare, which is ridiculous or also insane. Yeah. That's another um, mortgage pretty much. It is. Yeah. Um, I don't have the statistics on it, but there was this great video done, um, by a woman and I think she's 28 and she was researching the choice, like for herself, she's making the decision. Do I want to have kids or not? And ultimately I think at the end of the video, it sounded like she did, but she did all this research and they had this visual of the amount of 
a salary that goes into childcare across several countries. And I think the UK was the worst. It was like a, I wish I had looked at the stats before, but it was huge. <laughs> it was like maybe a third of the income went to yeah. um, childcare and the U S wasn't far behind. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty insane. Anyways. So we are consciously um, looking at ways to, to build a meaningful life that's meaningful to us. Um, so travel and adventure. Another thing, because Grant and I, I enjoy being around children. Um, and Grant really does too. He's really good with kids. So we are seeking opportunities to be more active in the lives of the kids within our life. So like my niece and I have a niece and nephew on my side. Um, right now we don't have any others at the moment, but, um, or our friends, kids, uh, we've babysat to give our friends a night off or do things like that. So there's, I think there's other ways to seek out those maybe nurturing opportunities. If that's something that's important to someone, but they're on the fence, um, being a parent is the, isn't the only way to fulfill those aspects of fulfillment. Well, yeah. And I think it's, um, I think it's so, <clears throat> like we were talking about before, I think it's so buried inside our um, our conditioning about what we're supposed to do. Yeah, that it's it's so difficult to see anything otherwise. I I definitely remember, you know, not having a lot of guidance, um, and you know, I had a hard time making choices for myself. I always kind of expected the world to kind of fill the spaces in for me. You know, yeah. the world will tell me what to do, which Right. Looking back, it's like, how did I even, that doesn't work at all. Like why? <laughs> I, I just got more miserable. And so I got, I got almost all of the things, um, the house and I had the job, despise the job, but I had the job and I had the money and I had the cars that I wanted and bikes. And, um, I had the girl and it, I think once you get to a point where things are on the verge of something that you are amazingly insecure about or or unsure about it starts to get very real on what you want your future to look like if that makes sense because she she very much wanted kids very much Mm. wanted kids and um I was trying to force myself to wrap my mind around that I was like this is what I'm supposed to do like my my brother has a kid now and my sister's had two kids like my niece and nephew are you know pretty much adult stage at this point. And I broke off the relationship because of a lot of different things, a lot of male things, like learning to grow in from a boy to a man. But uh, um, I, that was very much one of them. I just told her I, I couldn't provide what she wanted. I was like stuck. I was, I didn't know what to think. And after that, uh, it's, I had to question a lot. Like, what did I actually want? Yeah. But the the direct question of having children didn't really come up for me like a, a legitimate answer you know because why is it so hard to have conversations with just yourself sometimes right. you know it's it's like you're afraid to have that conversation with yourself because you still think you're going to say something wrong that doesn't go along with the guidelines of of life or you yeah. know whatever religious guidelines or societal guidelines whatever um and even the the girl that i dated after her I remember like in an intimate moment, like 
telling her that I wanted to have a kid with her and in the back of my mind being like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you saying that? You know? Yeah. And after that relationship ended, I was like, I have to, I have to figure this out because that is such an anxiety stricken moment. And mm. I think that, um, we have to pay attention to what our heart tells us more than we realize sometimes. And, you know, to have such high anxiety in that type of moment and then be able to dream and say, Hey, without kids, like this is where I see my life going. Because if you can see your life, you know, going really well with the inclusion of kids, that should also be a sign, I guess. Right. Right. How many of us do you think are actually ignoring that for the sake of, you know, religious fulfillments or societal fulfillments or, you know, family fulfillments or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. I think that's so, uh, thank you for sharing that. Like, I think that's amazing that you, first of all, to be able to pick out your own kind of response. I think mm-hmm. that's not, I think so many of us brush over those. And I, I did I for so. so long. And I think, yeah, having that awareness and actually paying attention to it is huge. So, um, what do you think about, uh, this idea and i'm sure that like it's come up probably a few times already um is people calling you selfish because you don't want to have kids you know how do you differentiate between those two lifestyles and saying hey this is what i want and like i mean first of all let's take the negative connotation off of selfish you know to do Mm -hmm. anything great you have to spend a lot of time on self right and you know like there's a lot that you have to sacrifice for a kid. The kid Mm -hmm. is, is all of your time. Like there is no being selfish, you know, it's all about the kid. Um, I don't want to get too carried away here, but, but you know what I mean? So how, how is that come into play in, in what you're trying to build and create here? What up humans? Are you a powerlifter too? Then why are we not friends? Actually, if you're any athlete, get yourself over here. I need some friends. As an athlete who has goals, I do my best to give my body what it needs to hit my powerlifting numbers. And a 500-pound deadlift is a formidable opponent. And cage muscle supplements are what I rely on to help me hit those goals. Cage muscle is the cleanest and most effective product line I've ever used for supplementation. And I've been lifting forever. I never feel like my heart will implode and never feel like anything I take is doing absolutely nothing like so many other supplements out there. I train better, I recover better, and I sleep better due to the caged muscle products that I use. And to get where I want to go in fitness, cage will always be my go-to. I don't want to sell you on caged muscle. I want you to feel the difference. I want you to feel caged muscle for yourself. So if you're looking for trying something new and very effective in your supplementation routine, make sure to get 15% off when you use my code HAMSTER15 at checkout. That's H-A-M-S-T-E-R. 15 when you check out let's go hit some numbers shall we yeah i think that i am trying to like you said strip away that negative connotation and look at like Mm -hmm. okay what is the power of this choice and what does that allow you to do in your life and so personally it allows me to be more present in the relationships in my life, because I have more time. I do have some freedoms that, um, if I was a mom, I wouldn't have. And I think, um, 
yeah, maybe it is selfish because I am spending more time living a life that I'm choosing that I want. And I am like pursuing my own business, pursuing travel, pursuing things like that. But I sometimes wonder if that, you know, the selfish label comes from, you know, I'm not contributing to society. I'm not contributing another child that will grow into an adult and, um, you know, contribute workforce and yeah. labor and those things. Um, yeah. so I think, yeah, but I think that kind of what you were saying, selfish can be celebrated because I think there are a lot of people being more in tune with themselves. And when you are, mm. and when you live a quote unquote selfish life, that is really just living your best life and living true to yourself, you are setting yourself up to be, you know, not resentful because you're not resenting a choice that you made for someone else because you're living a life that's true to you. Um, I think it lays a foundation for more fulfillment and more happiness. And, um, I mean, that's a pretty good thing to bring into the world. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, um, I, I agree because I, I think it's a, a very tough thing that you're trying to tackle because it's almost like religious beliefs. It's, it's like people are very serious and and about their life choices. Um, I sometimes think that, um, people's life choices are so ingrained that they don't realize they're doing disservice to themselves. Like they're not bringing out their best because they've taken on somebody else's idea of what their life should be instead of their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, it's hard for people to face something that is so different from what they've chosen, even though what they've chosen may have been decided by somebody else. Yes. And I think that was always my biggest struggle is like, who's deciding for me? It doesn't feel like I'm deciding for myself. It really doesn't. And so you go into, you tap into these little things, these motivational speeches of like, and trying to make sense of them, you know, and you, you know, you listen to them say, you know, do what you love. Well, what does that mean? Mm, what does that, mm-hmm. what does that include? Yeah. You know, and to, to ask yourself, Hey, we shouldn't have kids because I will be able to do more. I, I guess this is the, the conversation I had. Let me know if yours is, is, is somewhat similar, but can I be the best person that I could? Can I die on my deathbed, not being resentful and, you know, um, not regretting knowing that I did my best. And does that best mean that I gave my all to all the people around me? Um, and I needed to not have kids to do that. Mm. Yeah. You know? Uh, because I think with the path that I, I think I was lucky enough by time, um, for things not to happen too quickly. Cause once you have a kid, you don't just get to ditch the kid, like right. whenever you decide to grow a business or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think I made it to a point where I, understood that kids were going to, to keep me from to giving to other people. Like, so if we're building ourselves and being selfish, quote unquote, selfish, I guess, right. but we're actually helping the world. Is it really bad to not have kids? Right. Is that, you know what I mean? Absolutely. What's your take? Because that was, that was a rant. And I was like, <laughs> no, 
Oh, that was so calm good. Calm <laughs> down. Too much coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that this totally, at least personally for me, yeah. um, like I think back in my life and when I was looking into other people for answers on what I should do, and I totally did, I didn't trust myself to know what was <clears throat> I looked to, I pulled people for like, what should I, what jobs should I pursue? What should my career be? You know, that kind of stuff. And I was so disconnected from myself that it created so many problems in my life. Um, and like growing up, I hated questions like, what's your favorite book? What's your favorite song? I was so disconnected that I didn't, I didn't have favorites because I would want to fit the person that I was talking to. So I'd think of like, okay, what's their favorite book? I'm going to respond to something similar. So they like me or so that I am were cool, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just, I, I say that because when I realized how disconnected I was, I, I just think that that was all part of it. I didn't know myself because I was looking to everyone else for answers. And, um, I, Zach, I actually remember as a young girl, um, being raised in the Catholic faith, I was terrified. My life path that I saw was to either be a mother or be a nun Wow! of those two choices. And, and I'm not saying that anyone said that to me. I think that this was how my mind internalized what I saw, you know, um, if you couldn't be a saint, which was only, you know, like saint was sort of the, what you would want to strive for. You know, mm-hmm. I very much internalized be good. Don't sin. Yeah. Um, and for a woman in the Catholic faith, like you can't be a priest, you can't have leadership unless you're a nun. And I felt like, you know, my little mind at the time was making that equivalent to like the, like a step down from sainthood. And, you know, yeah, this is what yeah. I, I wanted to be good. I wanted to like go to heaven, do those things. But um, this is all you're allowing me to, to be. Yeah. Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. Like a, a mom or a nun were like the realistic choices that I had. Um, and, you know, looking back now, I'm like, oh, I was terrified because I didn't want either of those you know, and it took me till now to realize, oh, I didn't want to be a mom. And obviously I didn't want to be a nun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, I think that, um, when you live selfishly and are, that just means living your best life, it does allow you to be more, I don't want to, to be more generous, to be more giving, to be more, all those things. Not that you have to strive for that, but I think that it, it's kind of counterintuitive, but I think Mm -hmm. that it really does play out that way. I've at least personally, and, um, because you're not resenting, even if it's not conscious, I think if you end up just checking the boxes that are laid out for you, Mm um, you may not be conscious of your resentment or maybe it's not resentment, but unhappiness. And that might just play out in like a great disconnection from yourself, um, which is how I lived for most of my life. Um, so I think that you living selfishly just does make for a better life. And even societally, like in terms of how you can relate to people and show up for people. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think 
I mean, let's let's turn this around for a second then and and see how many people will piss off. Um, <laughs> because that's what we do here. <laughs> um, I'm ready. <clears throat> maybe, maybe it's selfish to to have kids. And and the reason I say that to everybody out there is because I think that we can make very strong, possibly wrong decisions in life based around what we think we need or what we think we need in order to lessen our own suffering. So to have kids, to make sure that you have somebody that needs you, to feel like Mm -hmm. you're in control, to feel like you will always have somebody around so you're not lonely because you don't know how to deal with being lonely, to make sure you don't get depressed. Are there... I'm not, there's probably people, I'm just going to go out and say, it. there's probably people that subconsciously without knowing it because of their own conditioning, their own trauma have had kids for that sake, mm-hmm. you know, and how selfish is, is that internally? Because you're raising a kid, but how much of you raising that kid is because you want to raise that kid to fulfill the dreams that you didn't fulfill, you know, yeah. because you limited yourself. Um, because, uh, if, if you can make that kid successful, you can feel better about, about it because you were part of that because you had something to do with it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I think that selfish can be a little too tied to our own beliefs, which our own beliefs can be very unfair when it comes to who we base ourselves against, right? Like we're supposed to be diverse. We're supposed to be different, but it seems like in the world today, everybody's using that as a, as a position of, of like cornering themselves with their people and objectifying everybody else, you know, and a child free has to be like, it's this big, crazy decision. Like how uncomfortable do you have to be with people having that conversation? Because you already know that they're going to judge you for it. or they are going to hold something against you for it when maybe having kids is being selfish, you know, for whatever reasons people are like that, but let's talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I, I completely agree. (laughs) Um, and maybe it's just because in my mind, any reason to have had a kid, any of my reasons to have had a kid would have been selfish. It would have been Ah. for a lot of what you said. Um, it would have been, yeah. Yeah. I mean, now I do. Uh, (laughs) I didn't at the time. Um, but like my example of my friend having her kid or being pregnant with her first kid and me thinking, oh, I'm missing out. Well, that's a pretty selfish reason to have a kid. That mm-hmm. is for me. That's for me to to stay on level with a friend or to stay relatable to a friend. Yeah. It's not about the kid. It's not. Yeah. And and I think <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I think at least personally, any reason I would have had a kid would have been selfish. And it would have been like you said, to, to not be lonely when I'm older, to know that if something happened to my husband, there's another person that's in my immediate vicinity to relate to. Um, and I think that what I love about this choice is that it has pushed me to think differently, to put more emphasis on other relationships in my life, to really try and nurture friendships. Um, and to, yeah, find fulfillment in different ways. I, I know there's that saying that I've heard a lot where you'll never know love until you have a child or yeah. something like that. Yeah. 
And I'm like, well, I will never know what that love is like, but I think that there are, but not going that route allows me limitless options to explore other beautiful forms of love. Mm -hmm. Including self-love, right? Including self-love. Yeah. Because it takes so much energy to have a kid. And I'm not saying people can't do this, but you sacrifice so much of yourself. Right. You know? Um, oh man, I was, I was trying to pick up on, on something you were saying there. Uh, the, the decision to have kids, do you think that, so what do you think are, let's kind of talk about like, like the benefits of this, like, what do you think life looks like without them? Not, not just be, you know, you specifically, cause we kind of talked about that. But what are the potential valuable things that we're capable of doing if we don't have that type of restriction? (laughs) (laughs) People are going to be so mad. (laughs) Kids are not restrictive. I get it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. 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 What do you think about that? Yeah. Like what are what are the best things that we can do if we're not tied down by something that is like a financial obligation. Right. I think um, something I am striving to do more of is contribute to causes that I feel are really important and be that financially or with my time, but like not having kids allow, frees up those resources. It frees up my time. It frees up my, um, it, uh, Okay. I want to put a little caveat there because (laughs) this is a big thing. And actually, like, I think as in my (laughs) life, I probably work an unhealthy amount. I am probably like (laughs) 60 to 80 hours a week right now. It's because you have too much time. It's because I have too much time, but there is this weird thing where I feel like, uh, societally child-free people, our time is not as valued. Um, I've heard a lot, this hasn't happened to me personally, but, um, I have heard a lot of stories of people who have shared their experiences with me of them being thrown work shifts that a parent couldn't cover, you know, so, uh, or being put on like, like if there was like a, a team or a board or something related to their job, just sort of being put on it without being asked because apparently they have the time. Right. Um, and I think, so I don't want to, it's hard to talk about because on the (laughs) one hand, I don't, I'm not putting my time into raising a kid and I don't have that, uh, on, I don't have that restriction on my time. Um, that said, um, I do, I do put my time into my business or into other things that are meaningful to me. And it's not like I have an excess. I don't have 25 hours a day. I still just have 24. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and as do all child, everyone, um, child free or not. So I don't, yeah, that's what I'm going to say about that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, sorry, that was a tangent. Um, well, I, I get it though. I think, (laughs) but I think that, I am choosing a life where I can allot my time and my money differently. Um, 
I am not putting them all into raising children or family expenses. I have a little more, um, ability to, to put them to different things. And so I think that that is something that's really important to me is like, maybe what causes can I get behind and support with my time and my money and that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and I think people get, because, because kids are, are an obligation that you can't give back. Like, right. You can't, it's not, you know, bringing down debt. It's not, you know, uh, fulfilling a service that has to be followed through all the way. I mean, it is, but it's 18 years, you know? Right. So I think that the world automatically thinks that the time that you don't have a kid means that's free time for them to use for their sake. Yes. Almost right. Like, like, uh, I saw a post the other day saying, um, people don't know the difference between free time and availability. So Mm. if they're asking me, for my time, am I actually available just because they know that I don't have anything else going on? Cause I don't have a kid or because I've told them that I'm not working this day. They just assume that that's free time for me. Right. right? Um, and it almost seems like if, if people know that you don't have kids, then they just assume that you're what still, you know, running rampant like you're you know a 16 year old kid like out on the town or whatever you know yeah um and and maybe it's uh maybe it's people that want you to also feel like this is a psychological thing you know people putting their limitations on you right so they're limited because they have a lot of time that they have to give to a kid get that totally like and you know what just right out here in the open thank all of you for being amazing parents and for being like great providers because I don't think that I could do it. And everyone's like, Oh no, you could totally do it. Like once you have, you know, them in your hands, blah, blah, blah. I think people like Anna and I, and a lot more people that are probably lying to themselves could go through less suffering if they had, if they make a choice that is, is more real to them that may include not having kids, but thank God to all the people that raise amazing kids. Like my mom is fantastic. I, I don't, I would have probably burned empires to the ground if it wasn't for my mother, you know, out of, <laughs> out of like my own pain and resentment and like father issues yeah. and stuff. Um, so I do want to say thank you to everybody for being fantastic parents and guardians or whatever you are. But I think it's super important to make this choice willfully and without yeah. restriction. So you know what's best for you and, and the value that you give to the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I feel like I was going to ask you something in the day, but I do have something I do want to ask you. So, <clears throat> um, you, uh, we have something a little similar. There was, there's fatherhood that, that wasn't there. Yours was definitely a lot more, not by your choice. Like there's nothing you could do to change that. Right. Um, I do do a lot of research and, and work around the, uh, the male psyche and like how, how fatherless sons are, are coming up in the world and, and who they are. Um, but I also think it's a detriment to females too. I just don't, I don't think it's just a son father bond. I think it's, it's, it's a daughter father bond too. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that made some sort of difference in the way that you lived your life and like being on a please, a people pleaser and like being accommodating? And do you think that that somehow built into this decision of, of not having kids also is, is having that not there. 
Yeah. Um, and I think that this is something I'm still maybe uncovering all the nuance to, but, um, you know, as you were saying that I was just thinking about, you know, I didn't, you know, my mom did an amazing job considering everything that happened. Yeah. Um, but I think what I saw modeled a lot was, you know, maybe that kind of stereotypical female role of, of giving to others. And I don't know, had I, my dad maybe would have shown me some different things. Um, had I had grown up with him there as well, I, um, yeah. And I honestly hadn't articulated that until right now. So, um, I'm sure that there are other ways that it has played out and, and yeah, I think I, I don't know. I had probably don't want a kid to ever go through losing a parent. Um, and maybe that's part of it too. It yeah. sucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, maybe just like also, not wanting a kid to ever go through parts of my childhood is probably factored in huge mm-hmm. for me not wanting to have kids. Um, yeah. Well, did you ever, and this is like out of self curiosity here a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and, and so I want to see if you went through anything similar. Cause I think it's important for the topic. Um, I, I think a big chunk of why I thought I was going to have kids was built out of the uh, the the pain and the resentment and the the lack of father that I had, and it was mm. like I I want to have a little boy so that I can be there for him, so mm. that I cannot so that I can love him deeply like I wish I would have been loved, you know. Um, and that's just that kind of ties back into that selfish thing was I, that I was saying is like I'm, I'm gonna have a kid just because that. Like that means I'm just going to end up putting these weird pressures and vibes into a child that had nothing to do with my father, uh, relationship or, or my lack of father relationship. Right. Do you have anything like that? I think into your choices, I think probably similar in this, in like the root of it, but mine manifest or came out differently. Whereas I, was driven away from wanting to have a kid because I didn't mm-hmm. want to fuck them up. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a, it's a pretty scary thing. <laughs> I'm gonna be yeah. Like it sounds I, super scary. And I think, but what I think is interesting here is I think that those that's two ways maybe of two different outcomes from a similar pain yeah. or a similar, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's see, there's. There's so much of this that I, it, it's so deep. And like people, uh, I think everybody has to like, should seriously question these things, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe that's why <clears throat> it's so important to like, um, have our twenties, you know, yeah. and, you know, not, get, not have kids right away, not get married right away. Um, I think sometimes that's pressured so much because that's a good way to control people. Like, and that's good crowd control, you know? Yeah. Um, and so 
because you're too wrapped up in the things that you you have in relationship and like raising kids and stuff that you don't have enough time to become a critical thinker and you know to think you know independently and to think about dreams and like think about how you give you want to give value i think we inherently when we're not hurt when we're actually healing ourselves we want to give value to to the world whether that's raising a kid or whether that's contributing to um you know some sort of world crisis event or you know issue right right yeah absolutely um i'm see i'm just now i'm just rambling thoughts but (laughs) um do you get how do you deal with the the pressure of of everything you know and because you're also you've also got clients now that or people that you're talking to right that are coming to you asking for for your position right and like you're you're helping your assistance on this so so what does that community feel like what do you guys what do you try to tackle how do you handle all that pressure because you're definitely a minority right right And I think my stance and firmly kind of similar to what you were saying, what you've been saying is like, I really, what I want more than anything is for people to be able to make this choice Mm -hmm. with full awareness of what they want in their life. So Mm -hmm. to decide to have kids because they genuinely want to have kids and that is going to make their lives better than it Mm -hmm. could be if they didn't have kids or to choose not to have kids because that's what's true and right for them. And so, um, yeah, it's been kind of crazy because obviously being a people pleaser and feeling invisible for most of my life, I don't feel, I don't think of myself as a leader. I don't think of myself in, in that respect at all, but because I have started talking about this and other people sort of see me that way and do come to me, do share their stories, do ask for my advice. And so what I try to do is just hold space. And as life coaches, this is what we do. We don't give advice. We help someone, we reflect back what we hear and help Mm -hmm. them see their own thoughts and find clarity within themselves. And so that is what I try to create space for. If someone messages is me directly or in the Facebook community that I've started or yeah. Um, clearly with Instagram, it's a little different because a lot of yeah. times I am putting out my opinions and whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, um, it is really what I'm passionate about is helping people come to this decision, sort of see through their conditioning to figure out what's right for them. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that there's a, um, <clears throat> sorry, do you think that there's, well, there's definitely, there's definitely a stigma, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> wow. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> um, so how do you think that we battle that? Yes. How do we, how do we battle against such a majority, you know? <sighs> I think it is for those who feel comfortable, it's Mm -hmm. talking about it. It's having these conversations. It's, it's making it more prevalent. Um, and so, yeah, I've started to try and share other people's stories and not just my own to, to sort of show community. 
yeah, show community. And, and, and I know that not everyone who's child free relates to all the aspects of my journey. So I want them to be able to see themselves reflected in someone else's journey. And I think collecting those stories and sharing them, um, so that there is more to relate to, um, for everyone is pretty cool. Um, so that's, yeah, I think, I don't know. That's a question that I wrestle with is how do we normalize this? Yeah. 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 I mean, there was in, I think it was 1973 is when international child free day was created, but then it kind of made a day. They made a day. It's August 1st. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, so there was kind of like, that was pretty cool, but it seems like it then sort of subsided and it it sort of lost mainstream or I don't know, let's not say mainstream. I don't think it's ever been mainstream, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, some ground. Um, mm-hmm. and I, f- I think it's swing it's, yeah, it's becoming more prevalent. I've seen more news articles covering it lately, but, mm-hmm. um, like this mother's day, it was pretty refreshing to see. I think the New York times had a feature on women, not having kids, uh, mm-hmm. child-free women. So, um, yeah, it definitely. And like the statistic you pointed to early on in this conversation, like 25%, like it does feel like it's becoming, much more, there's more people choosing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think getting, having conversations to bring that to light so that it doesn't feel so taboo to talk about. Um, and hopefully that can start alleviating the stigma. Um, and mm-hmm. I hate the word, I use it all the time, but I hate the word normal because I don't think there is any such thing as normal. Probably um, not supposed to be. But right. Yeah. There's like common, but do we want to be common? Like if we, <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, but I don't know what other, I haven't figured out a good word to use instead. So I still use that one. Well, it's, it's like so many times it's just semantics. Right. But you can right. see how a, a particular word like normal gives people the ability to judge against anything that's not normal. And then, you know, you get to hold a, a bias against that. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. So I don't know if this is a fair question, but I want to ask it anyway. Do you think, because I think we agree with some of the, the world things that are going on. Do you think that being child free and making this choice, um, regardless of how you decide to live your life beyond that, do you think it's actually a smart thing to do when we um, think about the serious problems that we have with the world going on, like climate change, you know, using all of our resources, um, overpopulation, uh, poverty, you know, do you think it's important to actually be very serious about this, this decision because of what the way the world as a whole is going? I and- mean, pers- yeah. Personally, yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I know that there are still people who don't believe that climate change is real, but I, I don't know how you can look. I don't know how you can still not see it um, yeah. and hold that denial, but I think people do. And I think that overpopulation and I mean, here's the thing. If more people don't have kids 
in the foreseeable future and maybe we get a handle on things and mm-hmm. and um somehow the outlook of the world changes and climate change reverses or is mitigated or whatever great the biological function to reproduce is still going to be there you know yeah. we're not going to run out of humans to to continue the population if that's needed but also like I think humans, like, this isn't just our world. Like it's, you know, all the animals, um, and habitat that we have devastated, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that needs a chance to live as well. And if we're too selfish to regulate ourselves, right. Maybe it will keep going down that path and we won't have a world to live in. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I feel like Anna and I kind of got this figured out, you know, got this life (laughs) figured out. So you guys need to get on the train. Okay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding a little bit. Um, No, I think there's a point there. And I think it really comes down to your beliefs. I I really do. And what is really important because sometimes I think we get carried away with being so righteous and like being so entitled to the world as a whole, because we're the intelligent species um there was a statistic that i read a while back it's been a few years now um but they said oh god now i'm gonna mess it up because i don't remember the years but anyways there was a there's a period of time where they where we were and it's in it's in the thousands of years ago now um but within the last few thousand years is we've gone from 9% 9% of the world being every animal besides beside us and us being the 10% to us being the 90% and the rest of the world being at 10, like all of mother Whoa. nature, um, because of, you know, uh, killing off all, you know, all species and like species going extinct and everything. And when you, with that number in your head, you can you're like, Oh my God. And we're, we're getting, we're making change so much faster, positive and negative change, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That are we even in control, you know? And at what point are we going to be serious about taking control? You know, like I believe the matrix exists. So, you know, I just, (laughs) I think we need to check ourselves. Um, Yeah. But um, okay. And this has been fantastic. You're, you're, I'm going to have to have you back. Will you come back on? Uh, Absolutely. You'll have to come back on. (laughs) Um, I think, I think that as, as we go through, or as you, I don't, I'm not part of your journey necessarily, but as you go through your journey, um, I think that there's a lot more to be learned here. And I think that um, as you grow, I would love to hear how things are going. Mm, Um, But I always ask this question of every guest pretty much. Um, And, you know, it can be emphasized by the work that you do or, you know, just your, your thought process in life. But what do you think that it means to be rebel-minded? Hmm. That's a good question. I love that question. Um, I think it means to be willing to question, to question yourself, question your default thinking or behaviors to question systems at large and, um, yeah, to get honest. Um, and I think that a lot of change comes from that. I was also thinking about, um, I've heard Glennon Doyle say this, and I don't know if this quote is true to her or if it's from someone else, but, um, 
when I think of a rebel, I think of someone with courage um, mm-hmm. and someone kind of, you know, brave and willing to to speak differently or think differently than other people, which goes back to that questioning piece. But she said, you you can't have courage without a little bit of rage. And I think that's good. Yeah. I think, um, thinking in my own journey of how I got to this place of speaking up about being child-free, it was kind of looking at what was pissing me off. And, and that doesn't, it wasn't like, that was it. And to say it that way, it's pretty unromantic. I was just like pissed off about something (laughs) and started talking about it, um, uh, to make change and, and, and I don't even know if that was my intention. Um, but that's just sort of what happened. So I think mm-hmm. it's, it's questioning, it's looking for what, what's making you mad and why, and is there something deeper there, um, to start exploring? So I guess I love that answer, answer. <laughs> because it, it relates so much. So it's, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, Anna, now that people know who you are, where, oh, I do need to ask you this. Um, if, if people have something to look into that have, um, they want to get a little bit more, a little bit better of an idea of like where you're coming from. Do you have any, um, do you have any like books that you've gone through? Do you have any influencers that you follow? Do you have any, Hmm things that you that you do for yourself that like have helped with with this situation and like something else to to feed uh value to other people that may be looking into something like this yeah um i have i've actually i just bought a bunch of books um but i haven't read them all um there's uh one woman that i follow on instagram her handle is the child free guru and she is um her name is Marsha Davis and she, um, I, I, I kind of think of her as a trailblazer of child-free yeah. women in, in the U S yeah. Um, and I just got, I just got both of her books, but one of them, um, and I didn't even know this about her. I've been following her for a little bit now and have actually like messaged back and forth with her, but, um, apparently she was a teacher and had an interview on 60 minutes and talked about not wanting to have kids and then was getting death, death threats. Um, So, you know, clearly she has overcome some stuff and has put up with a lot more of the stigma, um, you know, than I have. Um, so she's, she's amazing. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh Lord. Um, (laughs) and then (laughs) Amy Blackstone is another name and she wrote a book called child free by choice, um, that I've been reading and it's really good. So, um, there's also for someone who's on the fence, trying to figure out what this choice is for them. A book that I haven't read yet, but was recommended to me is called the baby decision. Um, and it's, got some exercises and ways to navigate that choice. So fantastic. Um, <laughs> so where are the best places for people to find you? Because I think they're going to read pretty curious. <laughs> um, yeah. So I am most active on Instagram. Um, okay. and my handle is coach Anna Olson. Perfect. And yeah. Just so everybody knows, uh, Anna does have her own podcast that she just started and it seems to be going pretty well. So you guys should definitely check out, check that out. Uh, Anna, what's the name of your podcast? We're not kidding. We are not kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, God, what a title. (laughs) (laughs) 
it doesn't get yeah. any better than that. Um, <laughs> Anna, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been such a great talk. I can't wait to have you back. Oh, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> really honored to be on here. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, same. Um, to everybody out there, uh, thank you for joining us on the RMP once again. I hope you guys are uh, happy about what you've heard, and I hope you look into Anna and her work. Uh, thank you all for being here. Stay strong and stay rebel-minded. I'm your host, Zach. Out. Hey, guys. I hope that all things we've brought here, including the people, have helped you change the way that you see the world. And if it has, then it would help us so much if you leave a rating and a comment on iTunes or give any feedback wherever you listen to the RMP. Thank you for listening in, and don't forget to follow and subscribe. Question everything, my friends.